Welcome in everybody to the gray space. We got another good one for you guys this week. Yes, yes, yes. Make sure you subscribe to become part of the mm. tribe. Hit that like comment if you rocking with the content. Now, after a little bit of struggles, um, <laughs> trying to get this computer right, we got a special guest in the building. Mm -hmm. Oh, and as we always say, he's the most recent. So he's the most special. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we got a, a a true bar spitter, a true rapper who understands the, the real art of writing, delivery. Mm. We've got a guy who's, I don't know if you heard, he's, he's been on Sway in the morning. He's been, he's been, he, he done spit some bars for Sway. Killed it. Wake up show, wake up show. Wake up show, yeah, wake yeah, up yeah, show. Yeah. Yes, sir. And he's also a philanthropist. And just all kind of, I mean, all just activists. We're going to dive into we all of that. In. Yep. And he's got some great things going on and coming up. We got my man Rocky Tirade in the building. What's up, Rocky? What's going on? How y'all doing? doing? Good, man. Yeah. Good, man. Yeah. It, was too much, it was too much to list down. You know what I'm saying? So, nah, I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate it. I don't even know, man. I, I just wake up and just do things. So yeah. You don't even recognize the, you know, your your energy and the stuff that reverberates out into the world. So, thank you, thank you for yeah. the warm welcome. Nah, thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you for coming through, fellow Calizonian. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I like that. We got a fellow Calizonian <laughs> in the building. Yeah, I'm um, hungry too. I ain't had and I had carbs in a minute. So he said calzones and stuff like that. Oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> bruh, I'm about to go to the movies today for the first time in a minute, and I I've been having like a like any carbs or any flour, any stuff like that. So I'm like, ah. Oh. What you gonna watch? Um, Uncharted. Okay. Oh, Uncharted. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. You play the video games? Ah, uh, here and there. Okay. Here and there. Right, yeah. uh, enough to watch the movie yeah. and see if you right. know Tom Holland acts the same in Spider Man that he did here. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I can't act, so I can't talk. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. Hey, so I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> I'm interested to see. I'm interested too, man. So um, let, let's let's get into it, man. Um. Got a, got a got a great story, great history. Um, let, let's. I, I really want to kind of dive back into kind of how you got into hip hop. Yeah. Um, your your kind of your your origin story, right? We're mm -hmm. all fans of, of Marvel and heroes, so I want to kind of know your origin story and how you kind of got into the game. Oh, uh, I didn't have any parents murdered. I didn't have any. I was bit by a spider. Okay. Um, I wasn't left in a radioactive room. I'm well, actually no, we were left in radioactive classrooms. So I don't know. That's Did y'all have to have like fluoride and stuff when you when you're yeah, a kid? Yeah, they made man. us drink yes. that crap like yeah. after after For recess. Sure. So yeah. I was definitely in a radioactive classroom, and that's okay. probably where my origin story starts. <laughs> okay, I remember. Um, <laughs> I remember. Yeah, around man, that I time, I fell in love with hip hop. Okay. So yeah. you know, my you know common yeah. denominator. Um, but you know, hip hop was just one of those things where like it was just always in the background. I always love music not even just hip-hop but I mean classical I mean jazz I mean alternative you know I'm a 90s um, I'm a 90s kid so you know MTV was accessible I, I listened to your rage I listened to your Nirvanas you know yeah, I listened to your fact. smashing pumpkins but I listened to your hoes I listened to your corrupts I listened to your Nazis you know like all, all all over the place and um you know bus oh how can I not say bus I listened I was a huge I am a huge bus fan but you know it when you entered high school and you start having these like um, 
like fantasies and things of that nature about what you do, you start rapping. So, mm-hmm. you know, we treated it kind of like a an extracurricular activity. Like, you know, we really would be battling in high school. We really show up and do the grinding beat, you know? And it was one of those things where you go battle the opposite high school. You show up at parties and battle and take the other person's girl and some fight breaks out or something. It was just it was just part of the culture. And then um Ended up moving out here, um, you know, right, right after high school, around college years and stuff like that. Okay. And where'd you, where'd you grow up at? In um, so I came from I came from uh, I came from the Valley area. Okay. I'm from, originally from San Diego. San okay. Diego. Um, so I San Diego I moved up to Canyon Country, and then I moved out to um, uh, to Phoenix. Okay. And but in between that time, I would be back and forth uh, in like Pomona and the 909 and all that. So I had a rap group and all that called Takeover ENT. Um, um, our brother Space Ghost, um, um, Metric Rock Black, um, uh, Sank, and then 60 East um, right. from you know IE 60 East and everything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, and everything that had happened with uh, tragedy surrounding our brother Space Ghost passing. Um, I ended up just kind of staying out here and, you know, formulate my own pathway and stuff of that nature. So okay. I started, I was still going by J-Rock. I would show up to, um, you know, we were just talking about this off camera. You Like your uh, Club Reds, mm-hmm. your uh, rap stocks. And, you know, that was back when it was just nothing but rappers. Yeah. So um, I would do these shows and this was when MySpace is around and yeah. I would yeah. battle, I would start rap, rapping at the crowd, but since it was my bad, nothing but rappers, they'd stand there like this and so oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm young, I'm arrogant, I'm from California, I'm letting everybody know that like every other Californian, which is why Arizonans didn't like us for the longest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, I, I was really cool with, uh, with Chino Excel. Um, his stepson was uh, one of my closest friends. Okay. Um, his name is uh, Sin, Sean. And um, so, I was telling y'all the same story I'm about to tell y'all. I was telling him. So when we'd have those rap stock shows and they were like crossing their arms and everything, I would get frustrated and I start battling them. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I jokingly called it going on a tirade. And um, so it became this thing on MySpace that advertised my shows and I say, hey, you know, Rocky this, Rocky that, Rocky's going on the tirade today. And um, and that time I used to sell CDs. I mentioned it in the mm-hmm. song BSE, where we, uh, me and Check and Traps we went by Mind Trap back in the day. Sold tens of thousands of CDs between his um, Check and Traps album, which is where he got his name from, right? And um, uh, my J Rock prequel to Bootleg CD and Hiatus Rock CD, and we sold droves of those. And then one day J Rock from the Beat Junkies, the legendary J Rock right. DJ, was out here, and I told him this story maybe two years ago whatever on his show and um i just you know when you selling cds all the time you just like going like autopilot and hey do you like hip-hop no 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 and i, I introduced my name myself as j-rock <laughs> to one of my favorite djs named j-rock and then it was he took it and he was just i don't know maybe he was like an introvert or something like that but he was like yo this is kind of I don't know if it was uncomfortable or weird or something like that. And maybe I was overthinking it at the time, but I was hella embarrassed. Okay. So I was, um, I told, um, 
Sheena would tell this story because he's like, yo, son, you got to change your name. And I told him about what had happened with the J-Rock stuff. And there was also this dude from Watts called J-Rock. Right, right. You know, Shout just no, 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 just some random guy from Watts. He's going right. to be the biggest rapper, <laughs> one of the biggest rappers on the West Coast and yep. one of the biggest labels. So I was faced with those two dilemmas. And then I told Chi that uh, story. And he's like, yo, son, uh, you should keep the, the tirade name. And I'm a Taurus. I'm hard-headed. I wanted to keep part of J-Rock. So I kept the rock and I kept the tirade. And then to be pretentious about it, I retroactively like uh, made it about like duality. And it actually happened to be in my music. So, you know, Rocky Tirade. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, we went on. Everything else is, you know, all in local rapper history, you know, just battling on your... Um, Friday night flavors and your yep. pulses and your ready set radios and challenging people, um, you know, battling parking lots at um, at, at the Blunt Club and mm -hmm. hosting shows at the Hidden House and you know putting other young artists up. Yeah, um, you know, having a, a show with Nick Norris, um, uh, the Cleanup Crew, mm -hmm. on uh, on on the radio for the longest. You know, we're doing all sorts of things and then you know traveling, doing the stuff with with uh, Wake Up Show and. All sorts of things, man. Okay. So, yeah. You were talking about CDs. Do you miss those CDs days where you can actually interact with somebody? Or do you like what we're doing now as far as, like, social media goes and trying to get people interested that way? Does, I'm yeah. sure there's both give and take, but do you prefer one over the other? I kind of – I wonder how today – would function how we function as artists today if we had the ability to sell CDs. Mm. I remember the last time I was actually like selling, selling CDs. I was in London, and I was actually getting show like CDs off at like my shows. And I was staying at um, um one of the homies' houses, and um, they had like a nephew there, and then he was in uh, uni or whatever. And so I was gonna sell him a CD, and then or give him a CD, and, and he took the CD. He was like. Bro, y'all still sell CDs uh. in the States. <laughs> you still sell CDs in the States. And that was, right. I laughed it off, but that was oh, hella embarrassed, man. man. Like, yeah, no, nah, we're in a different uh, era. Yeah. Come on, uh, Yo, I was, I was, that was hella embarrassing. But, like, it, it really spoke to a, a, a shift in the dynamic of how we engage uh, artists, from, like, yeah. the artist to um, um, listener standpoint. So I really don't know. I, it, it was cool to interact with folks and sell those CDs but I mean unless you're Nardwar you're probably not gonna come across another like Check It Traps or um, uh, prequel to Bootlegs or yeah. Hiatus Rock CD you know yeah. so those things they get misplaced they get broken but with the way data is set up you know you always yeah. have access unless we yeah. Just spontaneously combust, or somebody shuts down, you know, the cloud servers. Right, right. You always have access to the uh, the artists, but it does take away from, you know, like those moments where, you, like, I have a Dilla CD. I had the the donut CD that I've had since the first week when it dropped. Like, that's a special thing. Right. Up until I broke it, I had um, my Buster Rhymes ELE album since 1998. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's so though that special merch memorabilia type of moment you don't really have with CDs nowadays. But. I feel like that's kind of coming back around though. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Especially with uh, vinyl. You oh, know, with vinyl, yeah. Because I th I feel like there's uh, something tangible you know, that you could hold into yeah, your hand and sure. at least like pull something out, put it on a, you know, turntable and stuff like that, you know? And, uh, I, you know, I don't know, man, it, it's probably cause we were probably around the same age, you know, I, I really kind of miss those days, man. Those, yeah. those like going out and like, I remember going and people would constantly be handing me CDs. 
and it would be not necessarily at like a club or something like that. It would just be like somebody on the, you know, you were just out on the on the night, you know, and there's some dude that's like, hey man, you like hip hop? Hey, you like alternative? Hey, you like check this out? Check this out? Check this out? And sometimes they were just giving that stuff away for free, yeah. you know, just with a couple, you know, tracks on the CD. I just really miss that, man, because then you pop it in, and you're like, I don't know what to expect, and then all of a sudden you're like. Damn, this, this is fire, man. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is dope, man. Yeah. I don't know, dude, because I think today everything kind of gets lost in a shuffle because there's so oh, much, yeah. you know, with, you know, I, I mean, tons of places to go and stuff like that, you know, just to try to find music. Yeah. You know? yeah I, even on top of that, like, I, I was, I think about this all the time because it frustrates me. Like, you know, when you, when I would make, I would burn mixtape CDs and stuff. I knew the name of the song. I knew the artist and all this thing and all that stuff. But like now, because I'm just inundated with artists, artists I love regardless, but just tons of artists. Like I'll listen to a song on my playlist or my discover weekly or any of those things mm -hmm. that, are, that I created or are catered towards me. And like, I'll know the sound, but I won't know the name of the artist. And I won't know the <laughs> right. name of the record. That's yeah. yeah. That's so I, I like, there was yeah. a song I've been looking for on my phone for like a week, but I have like 50,000 songs yeah. on my Spotify. Mm -hmm. And I just got to hope my algorithm eventually lets me that hear it again. Right. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, let's talk about Writer's Guild, man. Um, we, we've had, uh, had the pleasure of having Rand on the show, Dope. Rock on the show, Miranda on the show. Um, and, and and obviously, you know, um, we, we haven't had Penny on the show yet. We would love to get him on. Oh, yeah, that would be dope. Um, but, you know, everybody's story is a little bit different. You know what I mean? It's the same but different. Talk to us about your involvement, how that all started for you, um, and, and kind of your history with the Writers Guild. It's always funny because I have to talk about, like, the origins of randomized, like, friendship and everything. So right. um, we started by battling because I – didn't like him. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I didn't like him or DN3. Uh, we, we all had like, just like real petty, like issue with things of that nature, like revolving uh, around the track Woosa. Um, so, I remember yeah, that so joint. that Woosa is what caused contention between myself and DN3 and Ran and ultimately was like turned around, was like on a full circle moment and helped, you know, bridge the communication issues and things of that nature, mm -hmm. which led to collaborative efforts and, you know, led to, you know, just, you know, the, the mutual respect and then the collaborative efforts and then, you know, us eventually forming uh, Writers Guild. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so yeah, it's always funny because, you know, like samurais, like they, a samurai will duel each other, right? And then f like they respect each other through combat or like a boxer respect mm -hmm. each other through For combat. Sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. And so, you know, meeting people that I, I consider fam, and like really close friends and um, you know creative uh, you know counterparts you know I met them on like some Goku and Vegeta stuff you know yeah, what I'm saying yeah, like yeah. and with that um, you know I already met like um, like Dave like Miranda in, in passing like you know the first time we met I think we were like ciphering um, outside of Hidden House and okay. then I knew Penny since like 2006 I was the, the young guy sneaking into the um the door with Carly Hustle and um and uh M two. Yep, when yep. I, I was like nineteen twenty and Penny was there and, and, and you know, we, we would freestyle in the back and 
I would take the the empty drink and act like I was already drinking and walk walk inside and then drink underage. Fire. Um, <laughs> Fire. Whatever works. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, when I would see him, you got the empty drink. They're not questioning right. you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, pe- petty, petty, real. So he's like, well, like, what is this this little nigga doing here, right. man? You know, like we we were rapping yeah. and you know he, he you saw that you know I had the ambition. I saw that he you know. He was a spitter and, and everything, and you know we just we just clicked from there. So we always had that going on, and then you know the whole thing, you know um, DM three and Ran were like you know peas in the pod. So sure. you know you cool with one, cool with the other, and um, and then with rock, like I always do rock in passing, you know, um, like um, you know him being a TSOI, you know his yep. exploits on on the radio, yep. and you know just like a really dope and like phenomenal writer. And he was just always someone who didn't hold his tongue and he was respected for that. And so he was one of those people who was like, if it's whack, it's whack. And then he just always held me in high regard. And I just looked at it like, oh, shit, it's, it's rock. And, you know, he's he thinks I'm dope, you know, like, and it, you know, we, we, we form like the uh, chemistry off of like hip hop and all that. And uh, truth be told, Writers Guild was named after um, one of his uh, projects that he was going to drop. Yeah. 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 So, and then you know, other people join join the mix. So you have um, uh, Slop Funk Dust. His resume speaks for himself. Yeah. And then the All American that is uh, metaphorical. So, yeah, man. Shout yeah. out to Matt. Yeah. yeah. We 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 got we got a price on his head. He got to come to the right. show too. <laughs> 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 no, no, it's all love. We love him. We love him. We love him. We love him. I always say Med will like Med will will beat someone's ass. Um, take their girl. Take a picture uh, and then write a song about it. Yeah, that's then, a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. Nah, nah, man's one of them dudes. Like, if you ran into him on the street because he's such a chill cat, like you wouldn't know. Yeah, you wouldn't know, dude. There's but he no gonna, way. but yeah. it, it could turn ugly. And and, and that's that's how you know that that's why he's a real athlete. You know what I'm saying? Like real athletes know their capabilities and they don't like throw. They don't throw that in people's face. He's, right. he's you're reserved, you're monk like, you know. You you walk mm-hmm. in a state of peace. They're how they treat their skills how people should treat their concealed weapons. Facts. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't walk around like braggadocious, like you know, I you know, I got the you know, nah, 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 you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. you're gonna shoot me on accident. I'm right. dying and you going to jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you know, like, <laughs> so right. that's a fact. So, um, talk to us about, um kind of your style because obviously coming from the West, you know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of times people can be put into a, a, a particular box, but there is, um, especially for us growing up, you know, we had the corrupts, we had the Dazzes, um, the Snoops, the Cubes, the, you know, we had a blend of a little bit of everything. Um, but talk to us about your style and just how you, you really stuck to staying lyrical and still being able to deliver different deliveries and styles over the years. Um, I don't know. I guess like with, there's a certain expectation, you know, that comes with being like a, a lyricist from the West and everything. And like I said earlier, I'm, I'm a product of everything I listen to. I listen to movie scores, man. I listen to like bebop, you know, like Cannibal Adderley or something like that. And mm-hmm. if there's one thing with jazz that I really love, it's like they there's outside of the um, improvisational aspect, it's like there's not one set style. The song that you hear is not going to be the same song that you hear when they replay it 
when they re-record it, it's going to be different. It's going to be different when they play live. Yeah, it's going to be right. different when they play 30 That's years later. Yeah. And I don't seek to do it, do that. It just happens. Like, okay. I don't, like, hey, I'm going to make this song. I hate when rappers do it. Like, oh, I got all these different flows and things of that nature. Like, whatever. You should already be like water, like Bruce Lee said. You know, you put water in here, it becomes like that. It's like that. I pour it on the ground. It spreads out. Like, you know, I just do what I feel and I always try to express myself in a specific way, you know, like, uh, you know, art imitates life. I look at lyricism as another form of talking. Mm. Okay. So, you know, yeah. if I have a complex conversation with you, it's gonna come out like that from an audio standpoint. If I want to get something concise to you and that that might be how I might approach a hook or something like that, right. like who, who knows? I just let it be what it is. The wind is different. Yeah. So when you write, so. do you, do you write to music or do you typically do you, do you write poetry? Do you just write thoughts down? Do you have like a journal? Is how does how does your process for the writing longest. goes? Yeah, um, my process like for the longest I've always just memorized it and then like in my head wrote it in my head, memorized it in my head. I've heard stories. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard stories of you walking in and just going, "Yep, I'm good. Let's go." <laughs> and then you know, recently I've been trying to you know try different aspects. Like mm. you know, I might. I might write it in my head and then type it down. Um, but like, um, it, it's always based around me, just repetition in my mind and things of that nature. But in terms of how I write, what I write, do I write to music? I might write to the beat. I might write to a different beat. Oh God, like, I don't know how it would be for people's perceptions of certain songs. If I like told mm. them what I really wrote it to, they might like, like oh. Oh, so you've had stuff that you've written as something else. Yeah, and then, and then people are like, yo, there. this song is the illest. And then, like, you know, I might, like, there's songs in my discography that I didn't write that to the original beat. Like, songs mm -hmm. that people love, not like, oh, I can tell. Like, I didn't write this to the specific beat or even just at first. But people just grew to love because, okay. you know, I just, just mold it, you know, like Play-Doh. Oh, I, like I love that. that. That's fire. That is dope, man. I love that. That's a real MC. That's a real MC, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um... So let's let's get into something a little bit different. Um obviously these past, you know, two years have been incredibly tough for everybody. Um and with all the racial tension that happened uh in in twenty twenty, um and and then obviously we've got the virus going crazy and, and so much misinformation, information, just all, just it's just everywhere, right? And, and it's just been a crazy time the last couple of years. Um, you really did something, man, that, that I got to say right here. Uh, I, I'm extremely proud of you and your example that you set. Thank you. Over the Thank last you. couple of years, because you really kind of put music to the side and said, I'm going to really get out there and be a voice and be a leader. Um, and, and, and I commend you. Talk talk to us about your decision to do that because it, it sounds like such an easy decision for most, but not everybody can get out there and do it. Your decision to do that and some of the things that have come from that, some of the things that you're involved in that have come from that. Talk to us about that whole experience. Oh, man. Like, um, it's just, it really started because I was in this weird situation where, like, you know, I... I was in the middle of like restructuring specific things and you know with uh my next steps with music and all that and um 
all of a sudden everything happened with George Floyd and mm-hmm. then you know you see what was going on in the Midwest and then uh-huh. you start hearing you know trickles and conversations that you know people are upset um, or looking to organize here and I've been doing I've been in and out of like protesting and, and organizing here and there since like 2011's like Occupy Phoenix movement mm-hmm. and I was just definitely like a fly on the wall but I was a participant right um, so with that came experience and okay. you know I went to to, to different um, um, organizing groups, you know, as I travel and, you know, uh, especially around that era in different cities and Uh just kind of get a feel and educate myself. But, you know, I've always been like an artist first. And when people would listen to my music and, you know, it's very, a lot of it is very socio-politically driven, you know, they would refer to me as an activist and it made me feel uncomfortable because I see a lot of artists, you know, um, approach it, uh, like take on that aesthetic in order to find an, a, a niche to exploit and to commodify. Right. And so I never wanted to do that. I mean, hell, I'm born the same day as, as like Malcolm or, uh, uh, Malcolm X. So it's like, I look at that in the back of my mind as like, if you would ever do that, like do it for real. Like there's so many people who've literally died for your ability to like walk down the street yeah. and not be harassed as much. Right, um, right, right, right. right. Um, yeah. So, that would come up and I would refer to your Jasiri X's and things of that nature or, you know, artists that I'd seen from afar that are really, you know, other artists I'd see from afar that were about it, like your your Rebel Diaz's and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But um, taking all that in consideration, um, so 2020 hits or the, that specific time hits and, you know, people are frustrated. We've been doing lockdowns and things of that nature. And then um, I start hearing that um, that this specific individual um, is going to be doing protests and you know he has a reputation for leading people into harm's way agitating the crowd leaving people get arrested okay. you know we know who this person is mm-hmm. if you live in Phoenix we don't you know um, mm-hmm. so um, my my homie uh, Rashana Rashana uh, told me that like you know people are going to be uh, protesting that evening, um, asked someone to come and su- uh, support, like, you know, help out, you know, from like a medic standpoint. So that's what we, we went and did that for the first night. Okay. And so, you know, we got our water bottles. We, we, we got our milk to, to wash it out of people's eyes when they get tear gassed. And right. sure the hell enough, um, we, we all ended up like breaking into smaller groups. And I was just kind of doing my own thing. And I'll go to the front of the crowd. This specific person is there. He's agitating people and things of that nature. Then he takes them from central um, Phoenix, central downtown Phoenix, over towards the Capitol. And it's just weird because people have been marching for hours. These are kids. They're not used to this type of stuff, which right. is one of the stuff, one of the things we were worried about. Mm-hmm. He gets us over to the Capitol. And then we kind of have like this meeting of the minds where people are like, you know, pro- or like protesting, like, you know, just talking to the crowd and everything. And we're just there for a really long time. I'm like, this is super sus. And so he, the guy comes back and he leads us in between um, the uh, the state ledge buildings and everything, okay. and then he leads us all the way back around to the front where the mall is at, and that's when all of the state troopers come and they just break up the crowd and everything. Right, and I'm right. like, yo, where's where's my man? Where are you at? Right, right. So all the kids are like going down the mall, uh, the mall area, uh, Wesley Bowling Plaza or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, for those who are not in Phoenix, there's um, the, the mall, the grassy area is split up uh, or it's like surrounded by a westbound road and then an eastbound road. So the kids are walking down the westbound road and, um, I swear to God, I hope police are watching this because y'all are about to get shamed. Um, so the 
police vehicles are driving by and one rolls down a window and it sticks this hose out and it sprays them in their face. Mm. So like already I'm seeing this is the type of climate, like no one was doing anything that you know, like conservatives were trying to blame us for. No one was flipping cars, anything of that nature. Um, uh, but yeah, so, you know, after that, you know, like it, it, it the crowd dis, you know, dispersed and we had, you know, rounding people back together. There was a young woman who was, um, you know, she was, uh, she was pregnant. So she went into premature labor and everything. Oh, man. So, you know, she's one of those people that was hit with the tear, with the tear gas or whatever the hell the concoction was that they sprayed out the window. So that night, yeah, it was, it was, that's, that's I, 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 like. I literally dreamt about that for maybe a month. Oh, I, mean, it, it I, was, I believe it. Um, but yeah, so that night we were able to kind of get people back around, you know, a specific train of thought. And then some people stayed at the police station and other people went home. Next night, more people, no leadership. And so I'm again, I don't, I'm like, I don't want to do any of this. I'm just another person who's upset, especially what's going on with Deion Johnson. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. um, you know, people are there just kind of at the police station mad. And then I noticed people were doing things like hands up, don't shoot. And from my standpoint, you know, one of those people, like I, I find my education in old black Panther teachings and, and, you know, just old, you know, just civil rights activists, you know, uh, just energies and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I look at that as like a, a, a sign of um, being docile in, in the face of an oppressor mm. we need to show and encourage you know this uh, you know confidence mm -hmm. and solidarity mm -hmm. so i'd walk by and you know you have your hands up put your fists up lock arms or you know we're, we're leading one specific chant and then all of a sudden like these these things that i've learned through call and response and you know all these years of being mc yeah. start to come into play you know we're, we're we're yelling in unison we're moving in unison and again, I'm still operating as like, um, uh, you know, somewhat of a unofficial, don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm still helping out, and, you know, medic and all this mm -hmm. shit. Uh -huh. But people were coming up and asking me what to do in specific times and asking some of my other colleagues who were there with us, you know, what to do. And um, more and more responsibility kept falling in our lap. And one of the most crucial days, because this not only defined um, all of Phoenix, but would um, have political implications down the road, was that specific Saturday. Um, now we were getting, um, you know, reports that people would be going to Scottsdale and we're like, yo, that sounds super sus and it sounds like someone is setting us, setting us up. Yeah. So all of us, we were like, okay, um, we're not gonna go that over there. We're gonna encourage people to go downtown and we're gonna continue in the same spirit as the day before, right. um, which is solidarity and like, that Friday, that night before I forgot to mention, was one of the most barbaric displays that I've seen from the Phoenix Police Department, and that says a lot. Uh, I, I'll go back to Saturday, but um, that night, that Friday night, um, you know, after we finally were like all on one accord, you know, there was nothing really going on. There's maybe an occasional flimsy water bottle, but there was no violence. There was no people getting beat up. If there was any sort of thing that was in incongruous to the movement, we were telling them to chill and leave and they would listen. Okay. And the police were really fed up. And, um, after hours of us just standing there and yelling at the police station, they, you know, they decided to mobilize. So they started shooting, um, you know, tear gas into the crowd and, um, they pushed the crowd across the street and, uh, kind of cornered, 
Um, they blocked off sides of the street so people can really run down the street. And um, they kind of pushed people back towards um, that immediate um, judicial building um, in on, on the other side of the, um, the street. Okay. And so people were cornered and they just kept tear gassing folks. And, you know, people were screaming and stepping on each other and, you know, almost falling off of walls and things. We were like literally grabbing this person from falling off of the uh, parking lot structure or whatever. Oh my God. It, 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 was, it was just mm. wild. So knowing what had happened that night on Friday, on Saturday, we were like, yo, whatever is going on in Scottsdale, it's a setup. They're gonna like have people surrounded by Scottsdale police. Mm. Somebody could die. So we all need to make sure that we're downtown. We need to make sure that this is, we're, we're nonviolently exp expressing our frustration. Mm -hmm. And so we get downtown and, um, you know, everything goes on with one of the Pauls that was telling people to trash Scott, uh, like the mall and all that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So at, at, um, people on next door were like blaming the Black Lives Matter movement and trying, you know, so now, you know, just talk about neo-Nazis showing up and messing with folks, you know, downtown. But what we did was um, we, again, showed up asthmatic so to say and then ended up in positions of leadership once again because no one was there so we took one of our groups um and moved it from the police station uh, westward and then upward um towards i think not roosevelt whatever the first main street north of um the police station is i forgot okay uh, the one by whatever is on uh, mcdonald's uh that, that yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, street. yeah. so we joined up with another group and then we started marching east and then we cut down south and then we went over to a specific area and then um we were our whole point was to stand in the middle of the street and say this is our city we have the ability to really um we could do whatever we want with the city but this is our city this is our culture this represents our families represents our history represents yeah. our future we're just upset and we're going to express that, you know, there's helicopters circling around. And that was a, uh, a monumental point in that movement because it was a large display of peace. Whenever, you know, people would show up and try to create any acts of violence, we would um, suppress that scenario and get them out the picture. Okay. And we eventually disbanded before all the people from Scottsdale came down and did, you know, all that nonsense. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, so the so the following week, um, because you know they tried to use that as a reason to say that we were dangerous, and even though we did nothing that was dangerous to the community whatsoever, um, you know they did the lockdowns and all that. So uh -huh. the following week, we had um, you know the protests that were going on. Now that everybody knows it's going to be downtown, and then I bump into you know some other young individuals who were um, you know looking who were leading the protest that day. And then I was telling them about my stuff that was going on all throughout the weekend. And they were talking about their experiences. We exchanged contacts. And then by the end of that week, we formed uh, this group called the We Rising Project. And then we would lead all the uh, protests throughout the summer and all the stuff that historically comes with protests, your infiltrators, your um, your um, uh, political arrests and um, political prosecutions yeah, and all that yeah. stuff came from that. Um, you know, we took the time to really educate people. I know this is really uh, like long-winded for folks, but no, you're good, man. Uh, go keep going. So um, now that we're like into those uh, first uh, couple weeks, especially that first week, I remember being um, in front of all these people, and there was thousands. I mean, one of those days we had like, um, or maybe estimate of like twelve thousand, but like tons of thousands of people there, and I was we're standing in the front. And I'm looking at them like. 
why don't we just start politically educating people? <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're in election season. Like, the primaries are right around the corner. Um, we're pissed off. Or, you know, I've been protesting here and there for, like, the past 10 or so damn years. And I know this is eventually going to taper away and it's no longer going to be sexy. Right. So why don't we take the opportunity to tell people about how to uh, vote from the standpoint of a community? what racism is, how nuanced it is, how it's not just calling someone the N-word, how right. it's somewhere you see it in your, you see it when you're applying for a loan, you see it when you're going for a job, you see it when you're um, in school. It's it's just part of the fabric yeah, of our reality. house refinance yeah. or whatever, yeah. And then so that led to one of the most important conversations was talking to white people about white privilege mm-hmm. and how, you know, to use, not only to recognize that inner privilege within themselves, but to in turn weaponize that against the system that is oppressing other people who they consider neighbors and just you literally see it in their eyes like people like waking up like light bulbs going off like holy shit they're right (laughs) it's not a race car thing it's like this this is real or what I'm doing is like an unchecked bias when you know like uh, we call somebody bro or you know or like you know or like or like greet somebody a specific way and it's different than someone else or like yeah. if they just complied saying, means nothing stuff like boy and son yeah and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah or, yeah, or yeah. even like oh you, you should have just listened well no there's like historic proof that there's systemic prejudice and it's weaponized through the criminal justice system and through the police system and yeah. That back the blue mentality is is really the the antithesis of a humanitarian approach that you feel that you're taking by stepping out into the streets, right. and so obviously and then, and then on top of that, um, like we started talking about like um, you know again the upcoming elections. It's not just you're upset about Donald Trump. You don't like Joe Biden. You don't want to vote for either. Okay, cool. Let's talk about down ballot. Let's talk about yeah. um, the um, the board of supervisors. We have two people, uh, two black folks that that are um, running for that. We have your, your your Jevin Hodges and your Whitney Walkers. Let's, let's talk about um, the um, uh, the uh, Maricopa County uh, Attorney's Office. Yeah. One of the most important offices in the seat. There, um, you you have uh, Julie Gunnigal running, but you also have this person that's there right now who is um literally a it, the embodiment of danger to the community through their inability to work through the lens of justice named Alistair Adele yeah and you know you know it's not just about because we did get the police department to stop doing chokeholds but it was one chokehold just the carotid chokehold they're doing all this other stuff and why are they doing that it's because they feel they're emboldened by the police unions. So now we're telling people about the uh, um, police union plea out here and how they're heavily influential in political decisions in yeah. our community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, obviously, to go back to my obvious from earlier, that's when they got really pissed off and started targeting us. Like, they're already trying to pull people off the street. But once we started telling these people how to vote out and use the system that they weaponized against us, against them, that's when they started, um, you know, fabricating charges and pulling people out and trying to slap felonies on people and, you know, yeah. you know, trying to say that people were fighting police officers, which we, folks would never do, um, especially in that climate and all sorts of nonsense. And, you know, seeing, you know, normal people who had jobs and, you know, relationships and families and human experiences get faced with um, the possibility of, of uh, basically doing life in jail for yeah. standing in the street and protesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, all all of that 
obviously just reached a you know crescendo and everything and um as those protests tapered down then other actions started coming up yet sister organizations that were going after um you know alistair adele because what you know what that office was doing against not only you know against the protesters and you know just again their their history office's history of uh you know disservice against uh, disproportionately targeted black and brown and indigenous communities and whatnot um and then you have uh what my specific group was uh was um, advocating for is advocating for which is um you know a um a form of creating a new first responder unit um yeah and yeah and which, which i think is is extremely important um because again it, it just it takes the the threat level and a lot of times you're talking about and I, and I know you've posted about it you know there's there's a lot of times where a lot of these issues are non-violent mental health they yeah. can be they can be handled by yeah. somebody who's actually trained to do that we don't need officers we don't need officers there we don't need any um individuals that uh operate under pre-existing work cultures such as like a fire department yeah. and um so we thought that you know we're talking about police brutality we're talking about racism through the police system and whatnot um police death what comes from that or what is like the common denominator like nonviolent victimless dispatches like you were saying yeah. and um we decided that there is obviously a, a missing piece in the first responder system and if we created an alternative to what we have now um you know a lot of that that responsibility can fall on this um, clinically trained, clinically certified, um, you know, department that can handle wellness checks or humanitarian calls yeah. or noise complaints or behavioral health or substance abuse. Right. You know, we all have really human experiences. Mm -hmm. We don't need to put them on the table here, mm -hmm. but we've all been in scenarios where, you know, you know, we contemplated some things and we needed help. Yeah. You know, and if neither of y'all have, then that's a very, a very low statistic because most people have. Mm -hmm. And in those moments, certain factors come into play. Me being black, if I reach out to 911, what is the opportunity that this may go left and yeah. lead to harm or loss of life? We saw that what happened with the, the sister in the Midwest uh, was it last year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that is a, a scenario that should be treated with. Um, uh, a certain type of care and empathy. If yeah. you look at it from the standpoint of criminality or an existential threat, then you're going to get that reaction. It's like someone looking for a spouse that's cheating. You're going to misinterpret everything that you look at. You're that's going through a motherfucking phone. Yeah, like, that's a fact. You know, like if, if I show up and I'm like, oh, this person might shoot me and I shoot them when they're not. And, you know, it's like. Yeah, if so, you're looking for something, you're going to find it. You're going to find right? it, yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. So. That's why, you know, we've been, you know, looking to, you know, speaking with, um, you know, different clinicians and, and like, uh, you know, people that operate from a boots on the ground standpoint in terms of like behavioral health and people who have, uh, you know, very genuine neighborly rapport with our friends and family in the unsheltered community, um, you know, to make sure their voices are represented and accurately translated. And we've been showing up to city council. We've been speaking with elected officials. We, I mean, hell, we've been speaking with people in, in, in state, um, you know. Um, uh, they represent us from a state level, and because even if it doesn't, uh, even if it's outside of their realm, it's something that really should be a national uh, conversation. Very, very. So true. yeah, it's called very No true. Cap. You know, I just thought of it one day, like a neighborhood organized crisis assistance program, with my 
Fire. A good friend. <laughs> Thank you. My, my friend uh, Samuel Merton. Um, and um, yeah, we, we initially modeled it after a recognized program, nationally recognized program called Cahoots. Okay. And um, people may have seen them on um, like uh, The Daily Show and mm -hmm. things of that nature. Mm -hmm. um, but what we did um, out, yeah, after we consulted with them is we added a local spin to it. So we took it a step further by saying not only should we have this resource, but it should be comparable to fire and all that and, you know, EMT and everything. Yeah. So they show up in their own badges and take care of things how they That's take care dope. of things. Yeah. So it, it, it's a push. You know, the city responded by... Um, trying to reinvent a program that had already existed called CAP um, that existed under the fire department. There are so many issues with that uh, because I, I, I had an interview with them on our local KJ, uh, NPR on KJZZ mm -hmm. where one of them was basically advocating for police culture. Like that mind frame should not exist in humanitarian situations. Yeah, right. You know? So yeah. um, that was one of the things that led us to push the city from like adopting our plan to amending their already existing program mm -hmm. so yeah we're in like the stance standpoint of like having conversations you know with um members of the the city and uh, city management offices and things of that nature so you know all that can be traced back to showing up and protesting so that's it's, dope, it's, been, it's been crazy that's dope I, I mean that's just that's that's so good to hear bro and and you know, like I've told him numerous times, you know, just watching from afar, and like I just told you, man, just just extremely proud of you, man. And, and um, you know, I know I know we're friends, but I look up to you, you know, in in that aspect. And just just to say, um, just to say, shit, I'm gonna get out there. I'm gonna just show up, and then for everything to happen the way it did. Was 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 there ever a point where you were like, man, I'm a little in over my head, or or were you just like, I'm I'm here? This is the way the ball's rolling. I gotta pick it up and go. I think the latter. Like I, okay. I, I couldn't, I couldn't afford it because you know, okay. especially looking at footage when I was recording from like a first person standpoint, or like footage of me, like there is a lot on the line, and yeah. I couldn't afford to be. It sounds machismo, bro, but it's it's, it's real. I couldn't afford to be afraid at that moment. Yeah. I can be afraid when I get home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I definitely had a lot of mixed drinks at that time. Okay. And, and you'll see it through my pictures. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I definitely gained weight in those protests. <laughs> but boy, like, um, you know, especially like in, in like the first half of like that season of protests and you're dealing with thousands of people, like yeah. no one knows each other. Uh, no one knows each other's limits. There's been so many times where like somebody who is going in a different like direction than what the crowd was going in in terms of like our energy I had to go and like basically talk them off of and by association us off of the cliff mm. you know there's mm. so many times where you know you could you look at the cops I think one of the craziest ones is we're in Maryville at one of at the police station and like um we marched all the way over there and um uh, from I forgot where the hell it was like basically like three miles Okay. And then we marched over to the police station and we all like lined up on the um, sidewalk off of because um, we couldn't get on the, the park grass that was by the police station. Okay. And so they acted the police like lined up on Y'all remember Moonwalker when when like all the like the vehicles like showed up. I think it was towards the middle of the end and like all they had all the bright lights and everything. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So they like they were off way off in the cut and they had all the lights shining on us. So we couldn't see like 
how many people were there, but we were hearing like dogs and you know, we're we're like seeing in between like the the light the the lights from the vehicles, you see like motions flickering because uh-huh. they're standing out there in front of the vehicles, I believe. But like the lights were peering through them, but behind you could still see like people moving back like they were like just like one of them RTS computer games and stuff like yeah. just like motioning and like flanking like old like revolutionary soldiers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. It was like I'm like yo y'all really want to fuck us up like we have kids we have like parents and shit yeah, like yeah. like it, it was you know in 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 that particular moment I I was I was thinking like you know it's it's like being an MC the crowd goes off of your energy and your confidence. And like, I, I may be like wrecked inside, but I gotta be focused. And mm. that's, you know, the same thing can be said about a lot of our, uh, you know, our colleagues that were out there too, because, you know, uh, I'm, I'm one of, I'm one of a few, yeah. but it was, um, it, it was a lot, man. It was a lot. Mm. So to create change, what is your opinion on like, uh, creating change is it through voting uh is it through education uh i mean i'm sure it's a multiple multitude of things but yeah. is it your your local government state government uh you know nationally yeah 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 you know uh like what where do you where does somebody like kind of start in a sense like if somebody's trying to like figure out okay i want to really trying to make a change where where should they start in your opinion i think they should start in the most local level i know it sounds like something like some political will say start your community but it's real because yeah. you know reaganomics they said all that bullshit about trickling down with, with but we can create a trickle up effect in terms of mm. um we start with um your most localized forms of representation and you make sure they're as progressive as possible and then you move on to the next and you move on to the next the next thing you know like you know, because this person has the ability to affect, you know, this specific area. And then, you know, as you move up, this person can affect a larger area. Next thing you know, you're you're in, you know, you know state representatives' faces. You're in the faces of people who um, represent your state from a congressional level. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just all about different levels and, like, rings of, like, impact and stuff of that nature. So I would say things that are most pertinent to you because, um, you, you know, start with them. Um, I think education, you mentioned that education is one of the most important aspects. Showing up to, um, you know, um, I'm losing my uh, uh, train of thought on my words, like uh, school um, uh, district meetings. And things yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, that, that sort of power is um, kept away from, from our communities. And if we recognize that we show up in droves and we continue to, like, demand that they listen to our concerns... Um, you know, that's going to have a, like a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, all this stuff, I was talking to a colleague of mine and, you know, she was saying that like, it's, it's all like learning about politics and all that is, is intimidating and it is, mm-hmm. but there's always something new to learn. Like I am well, way more informed at this specific day on the Saturday that we're recording this than I was say two weeks ago yeah, because right. there's just always new information. And it's like, you get into a series of a show like halfway through, but you know you can always go and pick up information that you may have list, uh, missed on uh, on your downtime. Yeah. It, don't be intimidated. Start the show, so to say. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, I find the biggest thing you know, just even from my, from me as well, is just educating yourself. Like I think you know, 
Um, yes. I think people too need to realize that it's okay if you don't know, you don't know. It's nothing wrong. It's like That's I feel like I yeah. feel like a lot of people go. They just want to have an answer for something. Yeah. You know and. That's just not just say you don't know and we've preached it so many times of like just do your homework do look it up research it yeah. you know uh, if you don't know it's fine you don't have to know all the answers we don't we don't have all the answers like and, and sources you know, sources when you say do your homework too and I'm pretty sure you can attest to this too because we live in this this day and age of uh, you know information is available to everybody right through social media through mm-hmm. but wrong information is, yeah, stay is away from the echo chambers. heavily available um and a lot of times we're learning from people who think like us in, in in both aspects in all aspects we're learning from people who think like us and i think sometimes and and the information we're getting is from people who we like and who we you know what i mean can right, kind of associate right. with mm-hmm. um and I think probably the necessary thing, and kind of a question you do, if you think think so as well, is you kind of got to be able to go outside the box, um, and and thoroughly research something and find the real information, find the right source. And sometimes it's not going to be in a day. Sometimes, like you said, it's going to take you a couple weeks. It's going to take you some time to find that right information. What do you What do you think about that? Absolutely, man. It, it, uh, stay away from the 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 echo chambers. That that's like you you can tell when something it's like doctored from the standpoint of propaganda and yeah. whatnot. Um, you know, so obviously you're gonna find the overwhelming majority of that on like the conservative side because you see all you see what's going on. I mean, that's why there's a lot of conflict and pushback in the first place with like BLM centered stuff. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we're all a bunch of terrorists, like the hell. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time, on the same token, um, you know, like I, I don't. I don't ever look at it from a bipartisan standpoint because there's a lot of problems in the democratic sector as well. For sure. Um, you know, and um, you know, and there's just the standpoint of like the stance of what is a Democrat. It's just so nuanced. <laughs> and, yeah. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you you have to um, make sure that the information that you receive is most inclusive. Um, it's most empathetic. Mm-hmm. It's um, you know most revolutionary nowadays. But I don't even want to call it revolutionary because some of these things um, are, are are not like radical. They're very practical. People should have like basic human rights. You know, we shouldn't be getting shot in the street. Um, you yeah. know, we the criminal the uh, criminal justice system is broken. Um, the uh, prison industrial complex is uh, another form of slavery. These aren't yeah. revolutionary or radical thoughts. These are practical thoughts. But um, you know, make sure it mm. leads from those standpoints, those uh, standpoints as well. Like this universally inclusive uh, wavelength is, is what you need to tap into, and you're not going to find that in, in you're not going to fully, you're not, not going to find that in bipartisanship to begin with, mm. and you're not going to find that in a specific party on the left. You're going to have to make sure that you, you, you know, that reverberates through your actions, and even from yeah. the standpoint of involving in politics, like you pick the people who are the most progressive. And um, work with them, excel, donate to their campaigns, make sure that you have multiple people in, in the fray that can um, represent us. So I think the issue with like, you know, we, uh, we, 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 we tout people like John Lewis's that we need more individuals. We need more yeah. people in the same place at the same time. Um, mm. um, but yeah. Um, Say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <I'm, laughs> yeah, there's so many ways that I dissect that answer, but um, yeah. Okay. 
I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have anything else um, going in, in, in particular that world um, going on that you're that you're working on right now? Um, any other organizations um, that you're working with um, that you want to shout out that people can either donate to or, or try to help? Um, I would say that uh, you know we're going to continue to push for the uh, the creation of uh, no cap or the um, uh, amending of cap to fit what we're pushing for no cap. So um, if you're interested in hearing more about that, I would say no cap PHX or no cap Um You can find us all over uh, social media and things of that nature. Um, since it's a very, here you go, informational thing, may not post a lot. Do not take that as a sign of inactivity we're always working in the background. We're always pulling at somebody's coat okay. um, um, to make sure that they're in line with what's going on. And um, to, to go back to what I was saying about the, the echo, echo chambers and things of that nature, make sure that um, when it comes to um, like your involvement, whether it's political or outside of it, that it, again, it's, it's most inclusive, most universal, most empathetic, um, and um, most um, pro-working uh, work, class. Because there's a lot of things that are going on right now that work to the detriment of uh, the working class, and this is something that's that is historic. Yeah. Um, you know, as we as as we talk, you know, not only in in Eastern Europe, um, but all throughout the, the Middle East and and in uh, you know parts of Africa, you're seeing you know the effects of uh, you know like aggressive militarization uh-huh. and there's always a form of capitalism behind the you know these aggressive foreign policies and that's why it's important to like break away from this hyper capitalistic mind state and think of things from like you know acts of service and um you know acts of like their most beneficial needs and things of that nature Mm -hmm. and you know think about it from the standpoint of community is what i'm trying to get at yeah Mm -hmm. um that is what your i believe your philosophy should be when it comes to involving yourself in any community functions and things of that Mm -hmm. nature and that selfless inadvertently selfless because you shouldn't try and like you know that inadvertently selfless selfless um, mentality is um how you're going to you know create that you know level of change Mm -hmm. each you know raindrop creates a storm so Mm. Yeah, man, that's why you're my guy, bro. I've been trying to tell this guy for years, man. So I was like, man, we gotta get him on. Years, I know, right? Tell me for years. Um, I'm gonna transition a little bit um, back to the music, man. Uh, yeah, it's 2022. Yeah, yeah. So, so obviously, you got everything going on um, in the political world, um, but as I, and Again, outsider looking in, I guess as things started to become more background oriented, you started to really dive back into the music, um, at least more publicly, right? Um, over the last six months to a year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I took, I did take music off. Oh, I sound so blasphemous, but whatever. It's yeah, for important things, right? right like, um, right. so I really put it to the back seat, and um, you know, I would record here and there but I wasn't leading as Rocky Tirade I always led by an artist name since I was like fresh out of high school I was going by Jacob Jacob Rayford mm-hmm. you know we rising of the no cap advocacy group and um, you know now I have an opportunity to you know kind of do both mm-hmm. I felt like you couldn't serve two masters but in certain cases there's an there's like a, a caveat or asterisk because um, 
you know, being able to to be creatively expressive, you know, that that helps fuel me as a human being. And yeah. I noticed that the longer I was going without like feeding that specific beast, you know, the more I felt emaciated as a, as a whole. Um, mm. And um, I think that's important, man. I yeah, really that's, do. That's, I, that's I, I, I want you to finish, but I I really do find that really important because I think creatively, I think everybody because you hear people sometimes saying that they're not creative i think everybody has a creative spot yeah. and i think everybody should tap into that because i think it's a great i mean it can be anything it doesn't have to be necessarily hip-hop i mean it could be writing it cooking. can be a uh, cooking yes. it can be i mean please take up something creative you know because i it's such a huge outlet for people it's like you know what everybody say get a hobby right but that's kind of what it is is being creative yeah is having a hobby in a sense yeah. like do it because it releases something in you and i implore everybody out there really to do something creative with your life yeah it could be it could be unorthodox man mm -hmm. it, could, it could be like you know um yeah again cooking or you know uh, co collecting different types of crystals or something oh, like that nature. Yeah. i mean yeah it, it, like yeah it, for it, sure the form of like creative artistic expression and Oh my God! I think I could tack that onto what I was saying earlier. Like, like, add that creative element to what you were doing because, like, that, that is that's like the the route for life. That's that is the hallmark of life and everything mm -hmm. is the whole creative aspect. I, that bled into protesting <laughs> because some of the times we we would find creative ways to like keep ourselves engaged. I, it's it's mm. so juvenile, but like, um, I laugh every time I see I see this like pop up on my phone. Um, but we would do things like um, one of the individuals was like, hey, we're going to give the police like these little um, like rubber pigs and like beep, beep, beep. Mm. <laughs> <You> know, <it's laughs> like, they would hand them some. <laughs> so you know, you know this little white girl going to like, <laughs> like put it in their hands. Yeah. But the funny, the funniest thing that like the funniest one was like uh, when we um, we decided to split up our uh, protest and have one. Uh, we coordinated with another protest body and they were gonna go to like Maryville or something like that. We were gonna like keep the attention like downtown. So what we did was um, we got a shitload of donuts and then like little fishing sticks. And then we just went like fishing for cops. No. And so it was, <laughs> it's it's hella immature, but it's it was funny. You know, pe people were engaged, yeah, like, Family members, but like right, you know, like yeah, the donuts right. on the stick, like ooh, we gotta be quicker than that. That's you know? hilarious. <laughs> so it's like that that creative right. mind state, yeah. like that is yep. the thing that like fuels you and, and and stops you from you know that level of creative atrophy, like like fuel it for sure. Oh, so yes. it could be simple, it could be stupid, it could yeah. you know really be engaging. Mm -hmm. So creativity, That's thinking comedy. outside of the box, you gotta be quicker <laughs> than that. No, uh -huh. oh my god. <laughs> Oh man. oh man! So yeah, man. Getting back to the to to you getting back into music. Um, you've been doing the 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 thing on Tuesdays. The yeah, tirade Tuesdays. 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 Yeah, man. I've been um, I've been doing that periodically throughout the seasons. Um, you know, if it's a combination of like me having a lot of like things to say about what I wasn't able to express for a year because mm -hmm. of like protests and, and mm -hmm. you know uh, political activity, and you know like. I was like I said, like I, I was in the middle of like restructuring my my music uh, like pursuits and stuff prior to the protest. So 
I had time to kind of reflect on how I wanted to approach things. And I've always been one of those artists that was like, let me wait till the album is perfect. Let me wait till this moment is perfect. And I, now I just have like this sense of urgency because like, you know, you get one day, every day you get one day and you may not get another day. That's a fact. That is all you're guaranteed is that mm. day. So I decided to treat it from that standpoint. Like I'm just gonna bar out. Like I didn't want to hoard it for this album, all these words and stuff. So, and then on top of that, like I felt since I was like in such an inclusive environment and I was just taking in all these different feelings and, you know, experiences, I felt more encouraged or driven to do things that I've always been a fan of, like grind. So I like a lot of like the Tyree Tuesdays um, are like literal like grime records mm -hmm. and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm jumping on some JME or some DEE, -E, mm -hmm. um, you know what I'm saying? Or some, some Wiley um, mm. and, um, I've I've done some I've done some grime things here and there and I've referenced grime here and there like um, MC for real even though it's kind of like a, like crossover um, thing um, but uh, you know uh, um, the FCC record that I had on uh, the outbreak uh, yeah. I did with uh, Green Lantern yeah so I that was already kind of in the background but I was like I'm gonna go full forward like full like full motion with this and then so I did. Um, I had this record called uh, Victor Sweet um, mm -hmm. yeah. with uh, my man Teddy Silencer. It was, yeah. For those who've been living under a rock in the States, he's like basically a, a walking legend when it mm -hmm. comes to like the, the production aspect in, in grime. And he has a lot of like historic records under his belt and dude's young and he's just still knocking it out the park. That's dope. And um, you know, we, we were chopping it up about music and we ended up forming like a real good friendship off, off of this. And okay. You know, so all that again, I can trace it back to everything that was going on, like in the streets, yeah. and even now to Tyre Tuesdays and all that. Because if it weren't for Tyre Tuesday, I wouldn't have done a Victor Sweet, and I wouldn't have chopped it up with Teddy. We mm. wouldn't have, you know, started this collaborative process, and uh, and and it's at a crazy time because now you're seeing like U.S. and U.K. like culture, especially hip hop culture, starting to fuse. You know, we were just talking about this we today, were yeah. Just yeah. About this, yeah. You know, Top Boy season season four mm -hmm. of Top Boy, not two, but four, uh, is coming out. Um, okay. And then you know, like, um, you, there's just this this great awakening, and this is something that I predicted back in like 2014 that within like a few years you're gonna really start to see, you know, like influences play off of each other, mm -hmm. and then you know what was the first major one that you we saw was like Pop Smoke and then yeah. you know, we, we saw with the ASAP Rocky and um, and um, and uh, Skepta um, uh, collaboration yeah yeah um, uh huh you know and then the Drake stuff Canadian like they, they, they they're, they're hand in hand with each other right but, you know for like Americans like it's it's something that was this is some like genre bending stuff and yeah so, it really is be a part of that in any way, shape, or form, it's an honor, because like, I'm so influenced by grime. It's always been a thing that's something that was kindred to me. Are you the, the are energy. you a Stormzy fan? Am I? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you're, you're way the, more. The, 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 the one take, uh, his one take uh, for the, the, the gets, the Rue Kid, the, mm -hmm. the do, 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 mm -hmm. do. Um, that's, that's like, oh my God, yeah. that's, that's amazing. Not only ask because, 
I'm dying uh, where this. is he? I'm dying for another Stormzy album. Yeah, we, we need we need some more st- Stormzy. I need, need, need to big, big Mike. The last album yeah, dropped, man. Yo, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, hashtag Murky 2022. Like, come on, what's 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 good? Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's, get <it> done. <laughs> Let's get it done. So you're dropping a project though, for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna drop a project, okay. and um, I, I feel like Big O is gonna be part of it. Um, okay. And um, yeah, Big O is definitely gonna be part of it, and I have some some production I, I, you know we, we all chopped it up today i have a soundtrack he's gonna be on the project the producer soundtrack I have zenon who's okay. gonna be on the project um you know your nameless is gonna be on there and um you know i, I have a, some dungeon destroyer from out here in phoenix okay uh god it dude dungeon destroyer is so amazing like uh he's gonna be getting a lot of a lot of flowers and in, in all his ventures he already does but yeah you get a get a whole florist ready mm. for that guy okay Dun- dungeon destroyer is really dope um and uh yeah yeah all that's gonna be done i've been recording with my man uh um, lucy luke um from out of uh, the wave studios okay you know, they had their hands on some of the biggest records like um the new snoop they had their hands on that the new um uh, uh like west side gun uh, marnie caesar okay <laughs> you know wow. what i'm saying uh, I, I believe mac mac Hami. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like my my homies are like really leading the pack and it's, it's good to be tapped in with them, especially what we doing, uh, with this, uh, US to UK stuff. And yeah, it's fire. Do you have like a time frame, or do you not want to say it's all right? Uh, yeah, I kind of have it. I I, I would say it will be this year. It will be this year. Not the ass end of this year. I promise not the ass end of this year. All right. Yeah. yeah. I will promise (laughs) that. You got a name for it? Space Ghost Revenge. Named named after my brother from uh, my group I was yeah. talking about earlier. So. Yeah, fire, man. Yeah, so I can't wait. Thank you. I know, man. I'm looking forward. Text to me it. personally, bro. When you got the date, <laughs> when you got the date. Text me personally. I promise I ain't leaking it. I promise I ain't leaking it. Just text me so yeah, I can yeah, mark yeah. my calendar. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. That, that's that that dude. He's a real special brother. No bias, but like he was um one of the people like in the IE. One of like um. From an underground lyricist standpoint, he was like kicking the IE's ass. One of the best rappers. He was thorough, but it was genuine, like a uh, very like uh, um, selfless individual. Like he yeah. he just exuded like the spirit of like what you consider to like be sportsmanlike conduct, but like from a rapper standpoint. And you know, this was pre Kendrick. This was um, like right when Bishop was kicking the door open. So it was a very great time, and uh, you know all the stuff in the universe that it happened. Um, so I feel that like the actions of myself, the actions of like my brother, like 60 East, uh, like all we do it, you know, what we, what we do in a way, it's like, we're gonna fuck y'all up because a, a boy space ain't have a chance to, gotcha. to like really like let his thing be heard. So we're gonna Good hold it down you, for him. So space goes revenge. Dope man. Good, good shit, man. You got anything? Well, you know what? I was curious curious of what you think <laughs> about hip-hop today like do you think it's in a good spot absolutely yeah absolutely i get get lost in your phone i mean there's so many different takes different moods like you know you want to you want to listen to daylight cool you want to listen to little baby great you want to listen to p money that's fire like you know you want to um you know the you want to listen to uh, Moneybag. You want to, you know, mm-hmm. it's there's just so many different 
avenues you can go in. You, you know, this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to listen to Mozzie, like whatever. Mozzie, right. most you know, like right. it, I, don't, I don't care. Like it's it's all great. I was just curious because I, I I try to ask everybody who's into music that comes on the show what they think of where the state of music is in today. And I'm just curious. Yeah, you we're know, going where hip hop wanted us to go. Hip hop wanted it to become this uh, infectious thing where you have different like sounds and it's not just about genres anymore because you know the world is so Thank small you. yeah and you know just different experiences and interpretations you tired of getting political bars <laughs> then go listen to some other shit you know right. go go yeah. turn up sometime yeah. there's nothing wrong with yeah, you it. need it yeah that, that is the beauty of music today though man yeah. everything is really kind of blended with each other yeah and beautifully too i think people can do the some of the most beautiful blended types Absolutely. of music i mean Absolutely. stuff you wouldn't even think that would go go together back in the 90s you know or, yeah. or whatever early 2000s you're like wait alternative and hip-hop together wait what yeah. you know and it works you I know mean, like a, a, it works it works so well you see that with like like um doja doja cat because mm-hmm. she makes a lot of like pop yeah. heavy records but if you listen she's really rapping her ass off. right like, yeah. <laughs> like right. rapping like not fact. rapping she's rapping yeah. right like yeah that's a fact and it, you know and it's, it's so cool i love it man. yeah and then yeah, she I goes online and it's like hey you know one of my biggest influences is little brother here's all the little brother records i love i saw that <laughs> yeah. yeah that was and dope. so yeah you have all these little you know tweeny you know white kids are like oh little uh, listen to fontaine big pool ninth wonder like yeah. you know <laughs> and it's not even like a you know how some artists will pat the people that they you know their predecessors on the back in a patronizing way no she was like this is the illest shit moving and you need to listen to that like mm-hmm. hip-hop is like circling in on its on itself but like growing at the same time it's, yeah. it's crazy yeah i'm with you i'm with you well let them know where they where, where they can find you um in these internet streets yes on the internet streets you can find me at uh rocky tirade on all your social media that's r-o-q-y-t-y-r-a-i-d um yeah, uh, Facebook's a little tricky. The Facebook uh, the culture is back, which is also the name of my website. Um oh. so yeah, anything pertaining to any social justice stuff that we're that we're work, working on um via no cap, that's no cap phx on both uh Twitter and Instagram. Hit us up. Uh, of course, it'll be Rising Project and um yeah, for all that music stuff, uh thank you for for checking it out. Um biggest form of currency is word of mouth so hit share That's on all of our shits right, right. <laughs> all of our there stuff you go. Yeah. <laughs> well thank you so much man for joining yeah, us this week man it's been a lot of thank fun you, thank you. good really, seeing you man thank for, you. Sure. Yeah, likewise, likewise. for sure man. awesome man anyways you guys stay safe and you guys stay positive out there as always this is the gray space peace